0: All right, so Sean O has changed his t-shirt. He's ready to go now.
1: I will say, though, that I am not a Cubs fan. However, I did go to Wrigley Field this year, and it's one of the most amazing places ever. And if you're a baseball mark like I am, and you enjoy going to um, different ballparks and such, I had never been to Chicago except for Midway Airport one time in my life. Um, it was an awesome time over back in May. I went to see the Phillies, and, of course, Phillies didn't fare so well. But... Congratulations to the Cubs, and it's great to see Theo Epstein, former Red Sox general manager, break finally break two curses. It was Uh, awesome
0: to see. So, Sean O, I am now. I I know that there's kind of saying that uh, Theo is the man who reverses curses. I'm almost thinking to myself, uh, I could be wrong here, but not only was Theo in boston and then in chicago when the curses were were reversed there's somebody that we worked with who happened to be in both cities at about the same time uh, a a woman uh named miss erin kennedy happened to yes, be in, in right. the boston area yes. and now she works in chicago and both of those curses have been reversed i'm going to say erin kennedy is just as relevant to this discussion erin kennedy helped reverse the curse that's true. Both both cities.
1: She was in Providence then is now at um I believe she's at Channel 2 in Chicago. I, I think you're now right. I think she's doing mornings, I believe. Yes. Um Wow. Uh, yeah, Aaron yeah. Kennedy,
2: she reversed the curse, not Theo Epstein. All right. <laughs> so, is it time for a question and answer segment with O? Why not? So, uh,
1: Am I going to enjoy this? Of
0: course you're going <laughs> to enjoy it. this. This is going to be miss. the best part of your day.
1: I gotta get the plugs in first, though.
2: And everybody Go ahead. I don't
1: know which screen it, at. It. You, you could one, look at whatever screen. Out, so we'll see the live one. I think it's a smaller one. They're b- they're um, both they're, they're they're
2: live. So you're you're basically <laughs> we'll do it live. You're, you're cutting this freaking heel promo very good right now, Sean. So just just keep going.
1: No, I want to get All a the right. plugs in. Um, sure. Big Time Wrestling come later uh, this month, uh, the 18th of November, up in Altoona, Pennsylvania, at the Jaffa Shrine one of the most storied wrestling venues ever and they've had so many great events there WWF has been there the NWA has been there uh, I believe I'm not really clear on who's all there I haven't really read up on it honestly but uh btwpro.com is their website so go on there check out see who's going to be at the Jaffa Shrine in Altoona Pennsylvania on the well 18th. I mean
0: they always bring a couple of names that people oh, yeah. will remember and obviously uh I'm assuming that Flex Armstrong will be there, guys like that from BTW. Oh yeah, definitely.
1: Definitely. I believe the Hardys, both Matt and Jeff Hardy, will be on the show. Uh, James Ellsworth, brother Nero, brother Nero, Jeff Hardy, uh, James Ellsworth, who formerly known as Pretty Jimmy Dream in Maryland, uh, he's from outside of Baltimore. um, He'll be there as well. And Thanksgiving weekend, uh, day after Thanksgiving, uh, down in Tennessee, down in Johnson City, Tennessee. Uh, big Time Wrestling will be at Freedom Hall, uh, the first time in Johnson City. Uh, then the next have you day, ever
0: seen that venue?
1: What What's that like? Is I don't. It, I like don't know, I've never been to Johnson City, Tennessee, so I. I so when if I get there, it'll be the first time I've seen it. Have been in the building, so. So I, I
0: know. I know. With you, you look forward to kind of seeing and going to these different places I in do, the country. I yeah, do.
1: I do. So yeah.
0: And usually, when you hear the word "hall," you're kind of sitting there thinking to yourself, "This is going to be a cool venue." And I, I'm sure. You know what? I know that the fans down in the south are just, you know, a bit different in the amount. They're rabid and they love the the stars of the past. And I'm sure BTW, knowing what I know about them, will bring. You know, it'll be like the Rock and Roll Express.
2: They'll probably yes. bring
0: in like a, like Magnum T. Not you, necessarily those guys. Are we, but are we guys talking like about
2: that. the November 18th show in Altoona?
0: Well, we mentioned that before, yeah. Well,
2: I just wanted to bring up, uh, since Sean you know, was talking about it and everything, uh, the Hardy Boys yes. are going to be headlining the November 18th show in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Who are they going against? It doesn't say. Uh, obviously, uh, BTW champion Flex Armstrong that you brought up will also be been, performing there. He's
1: been undefeated and over four years undefeated as champion, so uh, that's... Un- and, He's un, he's undefeated for four years as champion, so that's you know that's almost unheard of this day this day and age. I mean, we're not talking about the days of Bruno San Martino and Hulk Hogan and Bob, that, Backlund Bob and Backlund. Backlund's where they've had the championships for years. But you know, having a championship for four years on an independent level that that's unheard of. And it, you, they have a brand new they have a champ, new championship belt that they had made recently, uh, which debuted some weeks ago. Um, and he's he's an awesome guy. He's a great great competitor. He trains hard, but all the guys do. I mean, I'm I'm not downing any of the other ones at all because they everybody does a really great job.
2: Also, part of the show, former WWE superstar and current TNA superstar uh, Damian Sandow, Aaron Rex, who's known as Aaron Rex in TNA, will also be there, as well as WWE Hall of Famer Road Warrior Animal. Uh, A man who's been frequenting the SmackDown show that we brought up earlier in the podcast, Mr. James Ellsworth, will also be part of that. The former WWE superstar, a.k.a. former uh, Squash guy, the Brooklyn Brawler, will also be there. As well as former WWE superstar, The Patriot. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Not a bad show.
0: You you know what? I I feel kind of bad for the Brawler. That dude put in a lot of years at wwe and he kind of got kicked to the curb i think it was like less than a year ago the fact that the dude has to go out there and and, you know perform i'm sure he doesn't mind but i think he probably would have still preferred to have his cushy job at the wwe obviously he did a pretty damn good job because he stuck around there for 30 plus years but you know
1: what you got to do what you got to do and
0: move forward
2: exactly
1: and as uh, we mentioned about Altoona, then again uh, Thanksgiving weekend on Friday, Friday after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, uh, BTW in Johnson City, Tennessee, again at the Freedom Hall, Rock and Roll Express will be there. Um, there's going to be a little Smoky Mountain wrestling uh, action there in the sh- on that event. Jim Cornette will be there as well, and many more. And also the Midnight next day,
0: Express or anything like I that. I don't
1: believe so. Okay. I don't believe the Midnight Express will be there. Um, but things could change, who knows? I mean, he I mean beautiful huh? Bobby could be added at the last minute, who knows? Um that Rock and Rolls
0: now. and Midnight
1: Express. They did that in, they did that down in Spartanburg last year, and um that was so built up. It was supposed to be, you know, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson against Loverboy Dennis. The original Rock the original. or the Midnight Express. It it was gonna be um Dennis Condry and Randy Rose. Yep. And then um that and that was so built up and then beautiful Bobby was going to be at ringside with Jim Cornette. And there was a thing where Randy Rose didn't, wasn't there. One of them, somebody didn't show up. I forget who, which one did not show up, but, uh, they brought in, uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard. Who is, as, as they, uh, I forget what they had called. Well, he team, was part
0: of the like new midnight express. Something like that. Uh, back in the nineties. Yeah.
1: Think. So, but it still worked. I mean, everybody loved it. And, um, but that was last year, but they're going back to Spartanburg in February as well. Um, but back to Thanksgiving weekend, Johnson City, Tennessee, on the on Black Friday. The next day, Big Time Wrestling will be part of rest, the big WrestleCade convention, which is going to be in Winston Salem, North Carolina, at the Woo! at the Benton Convention Center, right downtown. Uh, BTW was involved in it last year, and I was there. Uh, a huge event, and it's an all day. It's a weekend thing. It's a whole weekend of wrestling and autographs. You name it, that it's there. You, well, and you basically, you 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 name who's going to be there. You know, you name them, they're going to be there. Well, and, and that's the thing
0: to me, like about the independent shows, like you get to see and meet these guys up close. Whereas right. a lot of times when you go to the WWE <coughs> events, you know, you might be able to slap somebody's hand. You know, the, I know up in New England, if you end up, you know, at a WWE show, Bob Backlund is usually taking pictures with everybody and everybody and anybody, but you know. The guys who are big right now, you don't really get to see them out and about where you go to these independent shows. The guys you grew up watching, you really get to see them up close. You know, they'll talk to you one on one. It's really a great fan interaction. It's really a one on one personal thing. And I think that's one of the things that people don't understand about a lot of the independent wrestling out there now. You know, you get these great people who are up and coming on the indie scene but you also get to see you know the classics that you grew up with and i like that kind of mix of stuff
1: a lot of people and i do want to you know add to that but um i also want to say after wrestle the same day big time wrestling will have their own event down in lawndale north carolina that same night as as the the saturday wrestle event uh so that'll be a busy weekend uh for um for independent wrestling thanksgiving weekend uh, heading into december um but what always got me about fans, and I, I don't like to I don't like to crap on the fans because the thing is, because if there were no fans, there would be no wrestling. There wouldn't be someone like me that gets to an, that's fortunate enough and very blessed enough to announce shows and been doing it for almost ten, about 10 years. Um, you know that's kind of dwindled down a little bit, but I'm fine with that. Um, I do the shows that I can do. Um, but a lot of people complain about how much that these independent promotions charge. You're bringing in names. You're bringing in, like, say, big time wrestling brings in Ric Flair. Or they're bringing Woo! In, yeah, they're bringing in Sting or whoever it may be. These guys aren't cheap to bring in. Let's face it, they're not cheap. And the fans have to, if they want to meet these guys, they're going to have to pay for it. That's just how it is. And a lot of people, when they see the prices and so on, they go on Facebook. They're complaining. It, and I'm not saying just big time wrestling, but they're oh, they're, it's all over. It's the, the, all over the place. Now I'm not singling out big time wrestling, but everybody hears about it. I hear it. People come to me and complain about the prices, and my answer to that is nobody's forcing you to go. Right. You know how much the, the tickets are. You know how much the autographed opportunities are. Everything is listed on the p- that particular promotion's website, whatever it may, it may be. Well, and you're that not goes getting into, you're not getting nothing for free. Well, Let's that, face it, you're not. And what gets me about a lot about wrestling fans is that they expect something for free. You ain't getting it for free. Because what you said about WWE is that you may not even get to touch these guys. You may not even get to speak to them. At least at an event like Big Time Wrestling or Wrestlecade or the local promotions here in Hampton Roads. You know, you have Hampton Roads Wrestling, whatever whatever the promotions may be that are here. You get to, And if they bring in a name or two, rarely, yeah. if at all... You get to meet the guys, and you pay the twenty dollars or whatever it is for the t- autograph. Do sure. it. You want to see him that bad? Then you got to pay for it, or don't go. That that. Let's face it. If I want to go to a baseball game and and I want to meet Ryan Howard of the Phillies, I'm going to go buy a ticket to try to go see him. That I mean, I'm not going to stand outside the locker room, outside the the stadium, and wait for his autograph. I'm not going to do that. If I want to get close to him and attempt to shake his hand, I'm going to go pay, buy a ticket. That's Well,
0: and that's the difference with independent wrestling. You
1: kind of get to see,
0: you you know, the whites of their eyes. Where When you get to a WWE event, you know, you go to WrestleMania, if, you know, you're a person... They're this big
1: on TV. They're this big.
0: You know, people, like, live in the paycheck to paycheck, you know... If you go to WrestleMania, you're going to be up in the nosebleeds and they're going to look like an ant. Exactly. And as much as I would love to go to WrestleMania, if, when I get to go to WrestleMania, I want to be at least mildly close. Because otherwise, it would actually be better off if I watched it on TV.
1: That's how it was when when my dad, my late father, and my stepmother, who's still alive, and m- myself, we went to WrestleMania 4 in Atlantic City. And there's something interesting about WrestleMania 4, I'll bring it up in a second, but... Um, that Trump. the Donald Trump, yeah, that. Um, which I'm I don't know if you have discussed that or not. I wasn't. I if you if I discussed it, if you discussed that, then you please stop me. I private, we okay. A well, he had the tie. Like, apparently, he know. had some ties with the, the mobster mob. or, or yeah. something. Okay. Um, but anyway. So if you've been, you've already crossed that bridge, and we won't we won't cross it again. Um, but anyway. But you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to go to the first WrestleMania in Atlantic City, and were we in the nosebleeds? Yeah, we were. And did we, we had VCRs, did we tape it at home? Yeah, we did. But you know what? We were in the, we were a section over from where the late Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body Ventura were doing. When he did that little pose thing. He did the pose thing and the whole, the whole thing. He did it at both WrestleManias that they had in Atlantic City. And you know what? It was great seeing Jesse the Body Ventura because the, the section where we were, you go out to the door to the concourse, right there was the concession stand. And on the other side of the concession stand was where Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura were sitting. So they're getting fed beers all night by the concession people. But the point is, is that I was 10 years old. I loved I, – I said – I took a picture of Jesse. He waved to me. I was happy. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to see Gorilla, but I was happy with that. And I loved being there. I didn't care if I was – where we were sitting. I mean, we were way up high. But you, it's being there, being in the atmosphere, and it, it's a great experience. And the experience is then – are a lot different because they were using the smaller buildings. Then obviously, right? They're not using the hundred thousand seat stadiums that they're doing now. Now, personally, would I want to go to a WrestleMania say in at Giant Stadium or the Metal whatever the name of the stadium is the Metallands, MetLife? Do I want to probably probably not because I want to be able to see it.
0: I mean, as you much know? as it's cool to be in that crowd and get the electricity of yeah, the crowd, right. you also want to be able to see it and actually. Experience it outside of just getting the hype of being in the giant, literally and figuratively in the giant stadium. Yeah. And, but, you know, being a wrestling fan, you want to see the match and be able to, like, experience it. Like, you know, one of the things with WrestleMania matches that I think for the performers is always tough. They kind of have to oversell so the guys who would be in the nosebleeds could actually see what the hell is going on where when you see it on tv sometimes it looks a little bit freaking ridiculous it's like going well of course he's getting to the ropes but they have to completely like oversell it and be like
2: right i I would i would like to add on to what sean said because as somebody who also went to a wrestlemania because i was at wrestlemania 11 I fully smaller building. Smaller building because it was like like Sean brought up. It's not in these seventy, eighty, hundred thousand seat arenas. It was at the Hartford Civic Center, A.K.A. the XL Center now as it's known wait, as. Wait, hey, that that was where Raw was this past week. Exactly.
1: And the Hartford Civic Center back when it was the Hartford Civic Center, which I will always call it that. So I Right. Just like the just like the arena in Providence, Rhode Island. Providence Providence Civic Civic Center, right? Not the Dunkin' Donuts Center or whatever it may be. But anyway, Hartford Civic Center was the home of the very first Wrestling Challenge in 1986. Wasn't it also the home of the first Survivor Series? I don't think Uh, so. No, I think that was was, one of the first. I think it was in. I think the first Survivor Series, if I'm my memory is correct, was in Richfield, Ohio, and that building is long gone. The, the, he's like a encyclopedia I when think it comes that's, to
0: eighties and was, early nineties wrestling. So I'm gonna.
2: Anyway, to to go back to yeah, what I was yeah. talking about with the fact that I was at WrestleMania 11, awesome experience. Like he's like you both have brought up during this about how it what it's like to go up and approach these guys. I remember when I was a kid, and I know I brought this up before, but I like to bring it up again. I don't give a shit. I went to Stephen World and Wheel, in which Bristol, is in Connecticut. Bristol, Connecticut, my hometown. G-pop and I, st- for I stood in line for three and a half hours to meet the Undertaker. This is back when he still had Paul Bearer when he was fighting at WrestleMania 11. So it was about a few weeks before, you know, WrestleMania 11. And just like going up to the table where he was signing autograph, and I said his name, and he looked dead at me with those freaking dead eyes. And it, I swear to God, like every freaking inch of my body was a freaking goosebump because I'm like, oh my God, it's the fucking Undertaker. I definitely had a mark out moment at that point and everything, but that was, you know, even though it was a free thing to get the autograph of the Undertaker and to meet the Undertaker and everything, I still enjoyed it. Obviously, with the way it is with the independent shows, I definitely wanted to get that across. I think that's really cool. As somebody else who's also done that, when I went to a big time wrestling show, when it was with Rob Van Dam, and I paid the extra money to sit in the front row, but I got to meet Rob Van Dam, I got to get my picture taken with Rob Van Dam, I got Rob Van Dam's autograph. It was absolutely worth it. it I Far the, more interactive. The, the, the hour and a half drive and the $50 I paid for the ticket was absolutely worth it to meet Rob Van Dam because of the fact that I was a wrestling mark. But and a Rob Dan, Van Dam mark. Yeah, exactly. And to go back to the WrestleMania 11, I was 11, 12 years old when that match happened, or that pay-per-view happened. I remember that specifically. I sat 12 rows from the ring. That was the only way I truly feel that I could have enjoyed that. If I was in like section 300 at the or the 200s in the freaking XL Center, like four rows from the back wall, I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much even though I was a kid and I would have probably enjoyed a freaking moth catching on fire. But for me, that the fact that I was 12 rows from the ring made it that much more epic for me. So it's sure. like, all right, not only did I go to WrestleMania, but I was 12 rows from watching Bret Hart and Bob Backlund or watching my my hero as a child, Bam Bam. Bigelow get his ass kicked by my actual hero Lawrence Taylor. I got to see uh, Shawn Michaels and, and Kevin Nash. I got to see the late Jenny great. McCarthy. I got to see Jenna McCarthy and Pamela Anderson. And I got to see the late great Owen Hart perform at that WrestleMania. So for me, that was such a great moment that I could actually relive on the network and everything. But for me, it was just it was that much better because I was so close to the ringside. So I it just it, it made it better
0: but that goes back to going to these independent shows seeing the heroes you grew up with right and seeing the guys that are working their way hopefully up to you know WWE at some point or or at least something where they could actually have a career in the wrestling ring as opposed to like you know working every weekend that's one of the things i love about going to independent shows i i need to go to more of them down here i used to go regularly up north uh, when when I lived up north a couple of years ago, but you know, I, I think coming up soon we'll probably go to an independent show. We'll end up reviewing it, you know, just as something different for the so podcast. So we could trash
2: on the
1: shipbaggers? There's going to be a lot of shipbaggers There, they down here in this part of Virginia, like even throughout the state, it's there's some you know at least in this corner of the state, there are some there are a couple that are that are good. I I think. Most of them aren't, and actually, I don't know. I don't know if I touched on the story about the promotion in North Carolina where they banned me from their Facebook group. <laughs> and um, did I don't know. If I, I am I don't know shocked. If, I don't know if I talked about that or not. This is last year. If I if the story's... hey hey, I hey, probably hey, just retell
0: it. Sean, this um, story has not been told on this podcast, so okay. it is
1: entirely new to All our right. audience. So there's a promotion in Elizabeth City, North Carolina called Next Evolution Wrestling. And I had been to one show of theirs about this time last year, and I found out about them randomly. And I saw them online. I was like, I'll take the ride, the hour ride down, and just check it out. The show wasn't good. Um, but I had been to a couple other shows in the area here in this part of Virginia, and it's mostly the same guys. And thinking, okay, I went to a few, a handful of shows, and most of them aren't that good, but they have do have a couple of good guys. But anyway, so I believe this was last December. I happened to be driving through Elizabeth City. I forget why I was there. But I was going through the, the main drag in the city and in the commercial area, and I saw this sign. It's one, one of those big vinyl signs that you may see with a Pepsi logo that may hang like at a convenience store with like a cigarette ad or like soda ad. But they had this sign on the street with two pieces of wood sticking out of the ground holding it up. And it said, Live Pro Wrestling. And it was written in Sharpie marker. And you could barely read the sign. <laughs> Even so, their freaking sign is a shit bag. Oh, yeah. The si- it was horrible. So, I took a picture of it. I still have the picture somewhere. But anyway, but I'm thinking, you know what? The, the armory, the National Guard armory that was right down the street from where the sign was on the corner. So, I'm thinking, I'll go. I'm, whatever. I'll go. Yeah, to- spend the 10 bucks
0: 15 bucks it was, to get in. Yeah,
1: I was like, I'll go and, and whatever. So... I thought the show started at 7, but it started at 7.30, so I was there way early. It was like 6.30. And I, sat, I went in, paid my money, and I sat in the back row on the left side of the entrance. And they only had six, maybe 75 chairs set up for usually the same people that go every show. And so I'm sitting in the back row, because I, I don't choose not to sit in the front. I don't want to. I don't need to. I just want to watch the event. And so the show's starting... The ring announcer comes in the ring wearing a black T-shirt with the letters N E W on them for Next Evolution Wrestling. No like creativity in the design; it just said N E W. He had these dirty blue jeans on, disgusting, you know, old shoes, sneakers. Was and he in the Wyatt family? He he may as well be. And he um he was wearing a Santa Claus hat, and because <laughs> now mind you, it's December; it was a, it was like a holiday theme show, Christmas theme show. They had the Christmas tree set up, you know, in the building. So I hope this guy was booed like Santa was booed. In no, Philadelphia. They, the people loved it. <laughs> so I, I get the point of the Santa hat because it's like a, it's it's December, whatever, and I, um sure um so whatever. So he um so anyway, so as he's talking, there's this group of like maybe six or eight guys, that sh- people that come in um. You know, after the show has already started, then this this one gentleman who was like a quote security guard or usher, and he didn't seem he seemed like he had some mental handicaps. Netflix security. <laughs> yeah, Santa was probably Mick Foley. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, this it guy. Probably was. Well, hey,
2: it's our buddy, original Jimmy Twenty Four.
1: Jimmy, like Jimmy, we just saw your comment, man. It, it this ring announcer, shit show, right? It was a total shit show, and so anyway, so what's up, Jimmy? So, um, so these other fans come in, and I'm again I'm sitting in the back row. This this security guard slash usher that apparently didn't seem like he was wrapped too tight. He says, "You need to get up and move. We need these chairs." I'm looking. I'm like, "What? Like I've been here for like forty five minutes, and you're going to make a paying fan move out of the way for a group of fans who didn't get who did not pay to get in because they're friends of the workers." I'm like, "What are you doing?" First come, so, first serve, right? Exactly. That's what it was. So I'm not too happy about it. And so I'm kind of asking around, like a couple people running some of the, the souvenir tables over there. And then a couple women who are helping out with the promotion, they come in, and they're hearing me. And I'm not really – I'm not livid, but I'm not really pleased. And they came over, and they tried to find, they tried to find another chair for me, and they wanted to give me a front row seat. I said, I don't want a front row seat. I want to sit where I was. Like, just give me another chair, and I'm happy. So they reluctantly gave me the other chair, and they continued to run their mouths, and not thinking I was hearing them. So so it wound up being kind of a bigger deal than it, than it needed to be. Um, because I said, look, you don't treat paying fans like that. Like, if if that happened to the promotion that I was working for, that, that wouldn't have happened. Well, and you they probably thought
0: they were doing you a favor by putting you in the front row, and they're like, oh, no, we're doing good by him, but I mean obviously, you know, yeah. each person is a little bit different. Like you know
1: I get that. Y- you yeah. know,
0: you're you're a dude just going to the show and you don't want to stand out because you know, you work for other promotions. Right. You don't want to sit there and you know be close to the action, be the center of attention or whatever. Because right. some people might recognize you because you've really been all around up and down the East Coast so people might recognize you. I understand where you know you don't necessarily want to be somewhere where people will recognize you. Right. You just want to blend in with everybody. Exactly. So you know when you tell them, hey, you know what? I don't want to be in the front row. Nothing against your front row here, but I, I,
1: I want to be where I am. Just give me my chair and leave me alone. So, um, so then, so then I had t- I took to their Facebook group and I joined it. And I wrote, a, you know, a very lengthy review of the event, including the the disheveled ring announcer, how the seating was handled, how the the quote security guard thought he was doing his job, and how the referee behaved in the ring.
2: Tough security of the world.
1: Yeah, and um, so, so they decided to block me from the Facebook group immediately, and then the ring announcer, and the owner of the promotion decided to send me messages, saying that that like that I wasn't telling the truth and you that, that never happened I said bullshit it did so happen and I said I said I've been involved in wrestling almost 10 years I said if any promotion that I worked for ever allowed that then whatever it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been allowed and <laughs>
0: no this was not ECW oh, this was in the past past this year was this was a year, a, this was uh, a year ago uh, uh, indie promotion down here in uh, North Carolina uh in and southeastern Virginia area. Yeah,
1: yeah, this this promotions uh, runs out of Elizabeth City, North Carolina, about an hour south of here. Um, Sean, oh, you but, might
0: need to, you know, kind of bend in a little bit oh, more, yeah, so oh, we're yeah, on yeah. Uh, camera here. Oh yeah, but yeah, yeah uh, this so you know we go to indie shows down here, and w- we like to kind <coughs> of see what they're doing down here because you know you, getting the indie show feel is just a little bit different. But you know, Sean went to an indie show and with a bunch of shit bags and more or less this is what he had to deal with.
2: When you're talking about the uh, the shows down here, there is one show, I don't know what promotion it is, I want to say it's Hampton Roads Championship, Championship wrestling. wrestling, and they have... Damn. Yeah that's,
1: probably, yeah, that's probably the truth, yeah.
0: Hardy Boys and Ryback, nice.
1: Yeah, I think that that might be for Northeast Wrestling. But
0: there's, is that Northeast Wrestling, or is that... I, L- House I think of Hardcore? hardcore. I either think it one, is, one I think it is the uh, sure. NEW. Jimmy, is that a House of Hardcore there or is that? Pro?
2: Alright. Sweet. Okay. Uh, there's one superstar for Hampton Roads Championship Wrestling. Uh, I'm not gonna bring up why I wanna see said individual in the ring, but it's the great Hayuti, I think his name is. Oh, the great Hayuti. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hayute? I think, yeah. yeah. I, 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 uh, I know his background story. Outside of wrestling, so it's like, uh, I kind of want to see him... Yeah. You want to kind of see him in a squash match against Braun Strowman? I I wouldn't even go that far. I don't think he deserves to be squashed by Braun Strowman. I don't even deserve to be squashed by Braun Strowman, but that's okay. But the Man Scout does. The Man Scout definitely does. Um,
0: The Man Scout, I think, would get over more than James Ellsworth, personally. I think he has a fantastic gimmick. uh, 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 For any of you out there who have not seen... The the, the man scout. Please go out of your way to see the man scout. Uh, there's actually stuff on YouTube of the man scout going against the Universal uh, Champion before he was the Universal Champion. Uh, Kevin Steen versus the man
1: scout. Yeah, Jake fantastic is, stuff. Jake's a very very good wrestler, and I, I've I've worked with him several times, and he's always been good to me. So I uh, I think I think the gimmick's great. When I first saw the gimmick, oh yeah. He came up to Fall River, Massachusetts, and I didn't know him then. And I'm like, what the hell is this? But then, then the people in Fall River, the way they are, it's that they didn't know what to make of it. But then I had worked with him later, and then it it works, you know?
0: The Man Scout gimmick, honestly, is something so different. Like, he, he's got, like, the frickin' Boy Scout manual. He puts, yep. you know, like, the three fingers up and he's got the porn stash going. Like, yep. honestly, he looks like such a freaking creeper. I think he would be, like, honestly, you put him on WWE TV, he immediately would become a cult figure he, just based on his look. He wouldn't even have to say if a word. Put,
1: listen, if they're putting James if Ellsworth James on... Carter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. God, I remember when, God, Simon Dean was... um uh Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong guy now. I, I'm, I, I probably have I probably have my people mixed up. But um, <laughs> spirit squad spirit that squad. would be a stable. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to finish about the, that the North Carolina company. Sure. So so then so it got you know private messaging wise, like they wound up blocking me from the Facebook group, and then the ring announcer and all this was trying to say what I was saying was not true, which it was true. I said, listen, I said, you know, I've been involved in wrestling almost ten years. I said, if I said. If that happened in the promotion I work for, then people would be sent home. I said, if I showed up to a wrestling event wearing dirty blue jeans and a t-shirt and expected to announce the show, they would send me home and never book me again. And I told the guy this. I said, what you did was, I said, you look like shit, you sound like (laughs) shit, and I said, you make the promotion look like shit, which it already does look like shit.
2: So does that make them all shit boys?
1: Yes, and absolutely, and I'll say it publicly, like the guy, the ring announcer, he has a gimmick. It's Vax, the velvet-voiced Viking, which is the what? most. recent Yes, that's a, that's a lot to roll off the tongue, right there. Yes, the guy's got a good voice, I will say that, but he looks like shit.
0: Is he like that and, Ted Williams-like guy who was like the homeless dude who had that tremendous voice?
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh. So oh, no, anyway, I so Ted Williams. So they were. So they were trying. So basically, the 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 company. The the ring announcer from
2: American Idol.
0: on the ground guy. No, 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 no. Ted Williams the, is a different guy. Uh, anyway, but, but so you, you got these sorry, guys who are freaking shitbags. And they're all riled up, and they're all and They're, all they're pissed riled off because you fight, call them out for sucking.
1: Yeah, and they're pissed off, and I'm like, look, fix your shit. If you want respect, fix your shit. And they were trying to figure out what promotion I work for, and I wouldn't tell them. Because they don't know my name, they don't know who I am, and I don't use my last name in wrestling anyway. But um, I was like, I'm not telling you. I said, What are you going to go tell them so you can go cry to them to try to get me fired, like try to get them you not get booked anymore? Like, no, thank you. But the thing was, the promoter that I work for, I told him what happened, and he didn't care. Why would he care? Well, because honestly, it's... you know what?
0: With, with indie promotions, I think a lot of people kind of put them into the same <clears throat> basket, and if that indie promotion looks like shit then they probably assume the promotion you work for is like shit and you know you trying to tell them hey fix your shit it's not only helping them but you know in the end it's helping you too but like you know when you see crap like that going on it's a wonder why people like Think indie wrestling is a joke for the most part, unless you're part of like Evolve or Mm -hmm. Chikara or one of these like bigger indie promotions. Right. right. People are like, I'm not going to fucking waste my money on that. It it's a waste of my time for me personally when i go to see these like shitty indie shows i go there to have a good time because i know i'm going to laugh my ass off it's like watching sharknado it's yeah. not a you know it's yep. not like freaking watching a steven spielberg movie it's a
1: piece of shit but you're kind of laughing at the fact that they suck mm-hmm. so this company so they were like you know obviously i wasn't going to go back and i haven't gone back um but you know just like the thing you know the thing they tried they were trying to figure out who i work for and i'm not going to tell them like, I told them, I, I, you know, I told them what I do for my real job, but I didn't say where, and nor did I say who I work for in wrestling. I'm not going to. If they, if they really care, they can figure it out. Um, but I was always told, like, okay, who is the first person that the people see in the ring when they go to a show? It's the ring announcer. The ring announcer, it doesn't matter if it's me or whoever it is. You have to look the part. You have to have the suit or the tux, iron shirt, tie, nice shoes shave comb hair whatever you you have to look neat and if the ring announcer looks like shit the ring looks like shit that means the show is going to be shit in my mind and i've i've discussed this with several It's all presentation. Exactly. Yep. And i've discussed this with several people in wrestling over the years and they agree with me. And these people i've discussed this they they may not like me too much but they agree with me. You know what I mean? Like, because when you're right, you're right. I mean, let's First face it. person
0: you see, Tony Schimmel.
1: You know, you know Tony
0: Schimmel is, like, a, a fine announcer, but he definitely, like, as much as. I, I know with you, you're not a big fan of, like, a guy like Justin Roberts, but he, looked, he looked the part. Yes. Like, he. Good looking dude, who. Pretty good pipes, mm-hmm. but. but
2: Nobody's Howard Finkel, though.
0: Howard he Finkel, guy, unfortunately, would not make it in today's business because he had a, a receding hairline. hairline. Yeah, and that yeah. sucks. Because, honestly, he is the uh, greatest, to me,
1: wrestling uh, ring announcer ever. And he's the guy that I aspire to, is somebody like Howard Finkel. And I, I unfo- I've been, have never met Howard. I would love to. Yeah, um, I would and He's I would the love to.
0: dude who came up with the name WrestleMania.
1: Yeah. Y- you know
0: uh w- with Finkel, uh, kind of going forward with that is uh, on Legends House, which, you know, the, the reality show WWE Network had, you know, one of the things I found interesting about Finkel is growing up, he talked about how he was the nerd. He was the guy that nobody liked. Mm-hmm. And he ended up in his field becoming a legend. Yeah. Nobody... T- You know, you you talk about Muhammad Ali being the greatest. You're talking about greatest ring announcer ever. Howard Finkel is it. And you know what?
2: If you're talking about professional wrestling, I mean, Michael Buffer could definitely give him a run for his money.
0: But, I mean, Buffer, you know, kind of got his thing from boxing. Yeah. For his shtick. He was never, like, a full-time wrestling ring announcer. Right. Howard Finkel, that's his career where... You know, Michael Buffer. You know, he's got his shtick, and he made all his money more or less off boxing. And he would do, you know, shots for WWE, shots for WCW, not uh, a full-time
1: thing. But to me, Finkel is the man. Yeah. Uh, didn't Lillian leave to do uh, like I think she had like some family issues or something? Uh, Lillian's
0: what? dad is dealing with uh, cancer, yeah, and I think that's yeah. uh, why she left. If her father. Uh, passes away which i mean obviously we hope that that doesn't happen but like with lillian you know what you could tell she loves the business yeah and she's been in it for a long time i would love to see lillian back but i only want to see her back if she's you know ready to do it full time and you know she's you know not having to deal with all the family stuff that right. she has to deal with at this moment so, I hopefully I wouldn't mind seeing Lillian stumble down the rampway a few more times, Jimmy. Uh but you know, ho- hopefully in due
2: time. Sean Uh question for you, Sean. Yeah. Uh since we brought up Man Scout Manning, um who's a better gimmick, Man Scout Manning or Jacques Rougeau when he was the Mountie?
1: That's a good question. Um I enjoyed, I enjoyed the Mountie. I thought it was great. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police didn't like it. but um, Honestly, that SummerSlam match with him and the big boss man where oh, the jail- Mountie ended <laughs> up going to
0: jail. <laughs> that was good. That, that was like one of the greatest things ever. Where like-
1: and then they had, they had the gay biker guy in the jail cell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the greatest, though. But it's like, how much money... Did the WW, WWF at the time have to spend to get those correctional officers to do that? Like, going through all the, the channels with the city and all this and that. and Because, I mean, that's that's all political. I mean, you're yeah. going through a, a city agency. It's like, but it worked. Yeah. And they, they all the, the correctional officers, and they drove the van. They did the whole deal. And they went to a real jail, and they it worked. And I'm sure they got a boatload of overtime to do it. Sure. But, I mean, then I think they were legitimately correctional officers. I don't think they were you know, extras. I think they were legitimate correctional officers. But um, I do want to finish up the thing with north the North Carolina company. Go sure. ahead. So, mm. well, we'll well, I want see Vince Well,
0: I mean, that that's what they did now. Like, they had yeah. that thing where Vince McMahon, uh, after the Roman Reigns thing, yeah. like a year ago, they just showed, like, him <laughs> getting all crazy, getting carried away by police, and they showed this, like, mugshot that you could tell that they just kind of, like, shot in, like, their production studio yeah. or what have you. It wasn't yeah. actually, like, Vince McMahon, like, with the thing showing that he's, you know, like, 72 inches tall yeah. or yeah. what have you. You know, stuff like that. Going, like, the extra yard, I think, you know, helps, you know, build credibility a little bit and just brings the story just a notch higher. And I don't I don't know if they'll ever get completely back to that because back in, back in the day... You know, these were the superheroes. These were kind of the fun little stories that we had. Where now it's a little more serious and everything's a little more fast paced. So you can't build up a storyline like you did with the boss man and with the what you did with the Mountie. Where that that was a few months. That was not (laughs) a pumpkin match. (laughs) Hey, that pumpkin match on Monday was outstanding. My mark out moment of the week was getting that DDT.
2: Oh shit, I just realized.
0: You forgot your mark out moment. I forgot to
2: do my mark out moment of the week. We're only
0: like three hours into the podcast.
2: So really? It only feels like we're doing it for seven and a half, but who I mean who's keeping track? What uh, was your markout moment? Oh yeah, my markout mo Yeah. Um my markout moment of the week was the fact that we saw Sasha Banks' ass at, at hell in a cell. Yeah. You know why? Because I gotta live the goddamn gimmick.
0: <laughs> yeah, you only missed a couple hours of us uh kinda rambling on and off and what have you. But
2: The sad part is I don't even remember anything we talked about in the first two hours of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, hey. I, I remember I remember one thing specifically that I did want to bring up again, and it was definitely this something why hey, why are you gonna that was the hottest hell in a cell match ever. Hey,
0: it, it was the hottest hell in the cell match ever,
2: and because of the fact that we were just bringing up the first two hours, I think this is a perfect segue. It was a question that I thought about when I was thinking of the question and answer segment I wanted to do with Sean. Oh, sure. Coco Beware is a Hall of Famer. Go. Yes. Really?
0: I think so. I think he's the bottom of the bar there. Really? You have guys like Ravishing Rick Rude who are still True. not in uh, yes. the yes. Hall of Fame. Yes. Who should be in the Hall of Fame before a Coco beware? Ravishing Rick Rude I agree, should I agree. be there. I agree. Uh, I uh, There, there are a bunch of guys Owen, like that. Owen. Definitely Owen. One Man Gang. Yes.
1: Who uh, actually? Bundy. 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 And speaking of the gang, like he, he lost all his possessions. They had what, there was the flooding in Louisiana some months ago. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. And he lost everything. He was a victim of all that mess down there in Louisiana where the flooding was like I, it was I crazy. Heard, like
0: beyond Katrina levels. Yes,
1: it was. And even the cuz people there that that survived Katrina and that are still there they they said this was worse than Hurricane Katrina and one man gang unfortunately was one of those victims. But you got guys like Gang who <laughs> yep. to this point have been shut out of the Hall of Fame
0: and to me like When Coco Beware got in, you know, the rumor going around was Coco Beware was in that year's version of, like, WWE's game, so they put him in to kind of, you know, be another kind of minor level of promotion to WWE, I think it was like 2K12 or whatever. Coco Beware, (laughs) to me, does not deserve to be in the damn Hall of Fame. He never won a title uh he never had a real ho- high profile match as far as like WrestleMania goes. I mean, I think his highest profile match in WrestleMania was probably him against Butch Reed in WrestleMania 3, yes. which was kind of yeah. like you know, the middle of the show. Uh you know, uh, I and was they talking about like with
1: Santana where Santana came out and ripped Slick's clothes off right. at the end. Yeah, they yeah.
0: But with, with that, like, uh, I mean, honestly, the biggest thing for me with Coco Beware, he main evented the first house show I went to. It was mm-hmm. him against One Man Gang. Uh, One Man Gang had him beat like 20 times over and kept on pulling him up at the two count. And yeah, yeah. Coco Beware ended up getting over because, uh, One Man Gang went for the, uh, 747 splash off the second rope and missed and Coco Beware jumped on him and pinned him and the crowd went home happy and all that stuff. But like, there, to me there are more deserving guys out there than coco I I, agree. I I i just i don't think
1: his career warranted a hall of fame induction i think i i, but, I, I mean, agree that, with you that, about Ry, 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 rick Brood and kurt you know kurt henning he's in but yeah he's you know, in yeah but there are know, other guys that, guys that belong in there that. That,
0: i mean i think coco be where it <laughs> got in there <laughs> Honestly, I think Coco Beware got into the Hall of Fame before Randy Savage.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, he did, because Savage got in like two years ago. And Randy Demolition, Savage should have been in there long way before that.
0: Demolition is not in the Hall of Fame. They
1: belong there. Uh, I, and I've worked with both with Bill and, and Barry, and they're great guys. Like they, and, They've always been good to me. I was a huge mark for them. And I told them that, and they were like, really? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to lie. And longest running world heavyweight tag team champions in
0: WWE history, and how are they not in the Hall of Fame? Exactly. That that, that has always been my thing against Coco Beware. Why put that
1: dude in when there are other more deserving people? Benoit's never going to happen. He Uh, doesn't belong there because he's a murdering asshole and doesn't belong in there. I'm sorry. Because I want to say this right now. Sure. And... I've had so many differing opinions of, over this over the years. Now, Chris Benoit, awesome wrestler. Not going to lie. The wrestler lie. Not deserves gonna lie. to be in the Hall of Fame, but the what wrestler, he did disqualifies him. That's exactly right. Eddie Eddie Guerrero, absolutely. I That was just another comment there. I agree with that. He belongs. Benoit, first he is. He is a first ballot. Hall um, he belongs there. Benoit, after what happened and what he did to his wife and his kid, doesn't belong there.
0: To me, and I agree
1: with WWE erasing everything about him. I agree with that, and you, you can ask a lot of wrestlers that that of course knew Jack Will, and he's been very outspoken about that over the years. The Iron Sheik, of course, has been. The Iron Sheik lived right down the road from Chris Benoit, um, and they were they weren't close, but they you know, knew each other. They knew each other because they were legit neighbors. They lived on the other side of town from each other. I think Paul Orndorff lives in the same town as well in Georgia. Um, but just based on what Benoit did, I don't think he belongs there at all. I think what he did erases and overshadows everything he did in his wrestling career. But while he was a wrestler, I did enjoy his work. I really did. Yep. I remember going to see him in Philadelphia at the Spectrum when they did WCW Thursday Night Thunder. Yep. And I saw, I met Chris a couple times in Philly. And um, well, and so he was that the same time nice. you met Guerrero? Yeah, that was the night I was 20 years old, and my best friend Chris, who I grew up with. Um, who's a new, still in Delaware, Newcastle, and he's happily married, and has two kids, and um, I was I was twenty, he was seventeen, I believe, at the time. We drove up to Philly to go to the show, and that was during the whole Goldberg, like undefeated, the quote undefeated streak era, um, whatever. So, a lot of the guys would go, be, a lot of the fans would go back to the hotel where the guys were staying, and I believe it was the Sheraton at the, near the Philadelphia Airport, and I wound up sneaking in the bar in the hotel. Because they had, you know, a bunch of fans were in the lobby, and they had some security, you know, hotel security guards there guarding the door to the bar from the inside of the hotel. But they had an outside entrance, so I snuck in. Sure. And um, I was up at the bar, and I was 20 years old. Like, I shouldn't have been, legally, I shouldn't <laughs> have been in there. But I was just trying to get it. Like, I wasn't trying to drink, because at the time, I, I didn't drink it then. And um, next thing I know, there's a guy elbowing me up against the bar. and I'm like, I'm looking around, and it was Paul Orendorf. And he wasn't even <laughs> on a show. He was just there. I turned around, I was like, Mr. Orndorff, he's like, hey, how you doing, kid? Whatever. I think he was uh, the,
0: the coach for the power plant at the time. I think
1: he was. And he was like, what are you having? And I was like, I'm just getting a soda, Paul. He's like, all right. And, you know, he paid for my my glass of soda that I wanted. And over on the other side was, um, at the pool table was Eddie Guerrero, Chavo, Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, Chris Benoit, and Dean Malenko, from what I can remember.
0: The man of a thousand holds, yep. or less than Jericho.
1: And um, and Eddie was um, and actually Eddie and I had played pole again, like I think we were on the same pole team I think, and he was like five foot nothing, like he was really short, and um, he was hammered, but he was he was so nice, like I it was that was just the only time I ever met Eddie, and he he had been had a few beers, so they're having a good time, you know, but he I couldn't get over how very nice he was, like I figured he yeah. would have been not so nice, but he was. Him and Chavo were very respectful. I had said hello to Rick. Rick at the time, but he, you know, he didn't want to be bothered by anybody. Um, and it's still kind of like that, even though that I, ha- I have traveled with him. Well, now that um, you know him and yeah, he knows you, yeah, it's a little different now. But I, when I first saw, traveled with Rick, I told him that story about Philadelphia, and I told him who was all there. And he's like, "Oh, really? Eddie was there?" And he's like, "I was like, yeah." And um, but that that was a pretty nice moment, you know. Like Arn was there, and Chavo and Eddie. Benoit, Jericho, I think, was... Jericho was in the hotel, but he wasn't at the pool table, but he was there, you know, in flair. Sure. And Orndorff was over there, and Nick Patrick was there. Um, I met him in the lobby that time. Jericho, I met in that lobby.
0: Was he, uh... Was Nick Patrick uh, the, the heel NWO he was the heel.
1: He was a heel referee at the time. And he came around, he was shaking hands with it. Now, this is days way before the internet, and everything was on the internet, and cell phones and all that. Um... So I had met a guy from New York, from Long Island, that came down for the show, and he shot a couple photos of me with Jericho and Nick Patrick, and he mailed them to me. He mailed them to me at the radio station where I was working at the time, and because um, it was just some guy. Like, I'm not going to give him my home address, so <laughs> right. I just gave him my address to where I was working, and um, the next time they came back to Philly, we went. My friend Chris and I went up, and then we saw Jericho again in the same hotel, and I got him to autograph the photo, and he's looking at the picture. He was like, that was the last time we were here, right? And I'm like, yeah, Chris. He was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And so I still have it packed away somewhere, nice. but, but that you know, it was a nice moment. He seemed like a nice guy. He really didn't want to be bothered, but like, he took time to sign the thing and, um, you know, and that was that who was really, really a jerk off was see you later.
0: See ya, Jimmy. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Who was really a, a jerk off that night. I remember very well was the big, well, he was then the giant, but the big show. Yeah. He was a total asshole and i've heard very different things about him like how he nice he is but that night he was a jerk off well and maybe that, that's
0: because like back then he he was kind of new and probably thought he was a freaking big deal and yeah. like literally there was no build up for him he did not have to go through what a ga- guys like kevin steen yeah ha- have had to go through yeah. where they've kind of had to eat shit on the indies for like mm, 10 or 15 mm. years big show was in the main event his like, very first time on television. So he was like, I'm awesome. Yeah. I'm awesome. So he he probably had a, that air about him. I bet if you ran into him today, I bet he'd be at least a little
1: bit more like... A little humble, more humble. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. I actually wanted to chime in a little bit on that. Uh, back when I was in Connecticut, I had a good friend of mine that I worked with for many years at FedEx. Um, he told me a story about how he was traveling, and as he was... Coming back from whatever trip he was coming from, either Arizona, Miami, or wherever, he was flying into Bradley. And as he was flying in, the WWE happened to be, you know, leaving Bradley because they just did like either a house show or a Raw or a SmackDown or whatever it was. And he saw the big show and he approached the big show because he's the, just the type of guy, yeah, you know, I want to like, Hey, you know, you're awesome. I just want to tell you a fan of yours and everything said that the big show couldn't have been nicer. He said he was very nice, you know, very humble. You know, he he was laughing at some of the things he was saying. Yeah, he was very approachable, and he even got his picture taken with him. And the guy I knew, six foot three, six foot four guy, you know, almost three hundred pounds, and the big show's freaking hand was on his shoulder and i was like dear god i'm like that thing's like half of your freaking chest and <laughs> it was just it was kind of cool but he said that the big show couldn't have been nicer so i mean it could have just been like a bad you know it was just a bad it time to you a met him. Day or,
0: or whatever or again yeah.
1: early in his career and thought his britches were bigger than he thought they were that could be and, and that's definitely a fair assumption um but that was just my one experience with him but you um, you know what
0: that it it's cool to have like stories like that i mean i mean we we had that one story where we went to the the wwe house show in providence and we ended up like running into a bunch of dudes at the bar after
1: it was at we went. It was at Mur- Murphy's, I think it was right. Well, no. we ended
0: up running into them at the
1: uh, the little seafood place on the corner there. I think.
0: No, 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 no. no. The big hotel. What's the Biltmore? Biltmore. Yes, that's they, right. They were uh, in the bar, yeah. and we ran into like Jericho and Ziegler and uh, Titus O'Neil. Titus O'Neil was there. O'Neil yeah, he was spoke there to us. Yeah, he talked to us. But you know, stuff like that's really cool. But you know, again, bringing this back to indie promotions, you know. When you're going WWE, you have to seek these guys out and find them in these places or accidentally stumble into them. Whereas you go to the indie shows, you end up, you know, you're that close to them. You can see the whites of their eyes. It's freaking awesome. And that's what I love about indie shows. And that's why I continue to go to them. And that's why I look forward to seeing more of these guys I grew up with, you know, at these shows. I you know, went, just to tell
1: them how much they meant to me growing up. That's what I did. I, I met D- Batista in Providence one time. I was when I was working the third shift at the TV station in Providence at the time, and I was down downtown Providence, and I'm sitting in the car, and I just see this this guy going to the Seven Eleven across from Providence City Hall, and I'm looking. I'm like, that's Batista. So I had the TV station's jacket on and had the logo of the station on it. So I just casually walked in the Seven Eleven. And he's up at the cooler. He's picking out a water. I was like... And I went up to him. I said, Dave? He says, yeah. How you doing, Dave? And I introduced myself. He's like, how you doing, kid? I was like, no problem. I was like, I'm good. You know, and he's like, did you come to show tonight? I'm like, no, I had, I'm here. I'm at work, so I couldn't come. He's like, oh, come next time, right? And I'm like, yeah. And, but he took the time to talk. Like, I think he would have been a douche. But he took and the you've
0: time... you've heard a couple stories or, yeah. around where you would think he's not approachable because... Yeah. You know, but... You know, I've heard your story. He ended up coming to the TV station we both worked at. Yep. Uh, you know, when he, uh, he had finished up with WWE like five or six years ago and w- wanted to do like MMA. It was just like one of his. Oh, yeah, yeah. W- one of his aspirations. And they, he actually had a show, uh, where he had his one MMA fight and it was in Providence. Right. I promote, remember that. Yep. To promote that, he actually came to our station. I remember walking by him and like, he was wearing like this heavy jacket and he had this hat on. I had no idea who he was because he just like he had the hat down low and I couldn't see his eyes. But like later on in the day one of like my one of our coworkers was like, "Dude, Batista was there," and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I walked right by him and, like didn't realize it was it, yeah. But like he was, he seemed like when I thought back to him, like he was really cool it, as far as like. There wasn't like this air where it's like, stay away from this guy. Yeah. Like it he was just a dude who happened to be there talking about something he was doing.
1: He and, was approachable to me when I talked yeah. to him. I talked to him for literally two minutes, but he you know, he was in the seven eleven getting some water and he was on his way and I could see why he was in a good mood because he had a very, very lovely looking Asian girl with him. So Beautiful. he's in the car with the girl and he's off doing his thing. So I'm wondering if that's why he was in a good mood that night. Um, and I said hello to her, and whatever she's, some, you know, side piece that he picked up in Rhode Island, I guess, I don't know, or one of his good friends in Rhode Island. I don't know who she was, but good for him, you know.
2: Sucky, sucky, five
1: Yeah. One of those, probably, but, you know, good for him, you know. But he was approachable. Um, but even, like, the guys that I've worked with over the years, and even ones I've just met, most of them have been pretty, pretty all right. Yep. Like, I've never, you know, even ones that I've worked with, I've never really dealt with assholes yeah um I know I, that you said hockey talk man's a cool dude to work with. He was good to me um I'd only travel with him one time we went from we went from Boston to upstate New York up to outside. To maine. no we didn't go was to that maine. the maine no town? we didn't do maine we for did um it was uh he flew into Boston for some reason and then for some reason the promoter of that company was upstate New York he flew him into Boston because the the second show wasn't was outside of Worcester um, Massachusetts, but, um, go to Boston then drive the four hours to up outside of Glens Falls, New York, and then stayed in Vermont at a ski lodge that was, hasn't, it hadn't opened or It was closed for the season, but the guy that owns the building where the show was, he owns the ski lodge. So he opened it up for me and honky and the Patriot and the guy, the Patriot was traveling with. So, and they just had somebody there and it was a really nice place. I forget the name of the, the ski lodge, but it was in Killington, Vermont. Okay. Um, and it was April, so there was still some snow, but skiing was over for the season. But, you know, Killington, they only had a couple things open. Sure. Because um, summer, you know, it's not their season. But then we drove down to, I think it was Lemonster, Mass. It was Lemonster or Fitchburg. And then at night, took him back to Boston, and he was he was good to me. Yep. Um, You know, kind of a miserable guy, but he, w- but he was nice to me, you yeah. know. And he was just telling me stories. I was asking him questions, and he would tell it like it was nice he doesn't beat around the bush about anything um he shit on people who deserve to be shit on yep and i asked him about you know my experiences with certain people and you know whatever and compared notes compared notes you know um but just going i remember the, doing that drive through vermont like because we were up in killington and driving to, and the only way to get to Leminster was to do this long back road all the way down through vermont and it was a beautiful yeah. drive like it's it's a beautiful state up there. Like if those of you, if anybody's listening that's up there in New England, like you have to try Vermont. I mean, it's it's great, but not in the winter because it's cold as hell. But but um but that was just a long drive, you know, getting there just because there was really only one way to go. Sure. Um, but um, yeah, he's fine. I mean, Flair's been good to me. Um, I mean, I was with Cody Rhodes here a few weeks ago, and he he was fine. Yep. Um, which I was surpri- very surprised. Mm-hmm. Um. But he was very respectful, and I made sure he got needed to get to wherever he needed to go or whatever. Um, so that I mean, that was just a, a recent um, experience, you know. With a sure. I guess with a name, I guess. Yeah. But he he did make sure that he uh, rem, you know wanted to tell me that he was not fired, that he left. But and apparently he doesn't get along with with Dustin very well. Like there's some I'm not really there's sure the some whole thing. Riff. There's some riff there that he doesn't really get along with his brother. But he said, like he loves his brother, but they really don't get along. Yep. Um, but I even told him, I said, I even thought the Stardust thing was great because I just because I liked it because it was different. Like I thought Goldust was different, and I still like it because it's different. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I that's just me, but I mean, some people didn't like it. I don't know if he, Cody liked doing it. Mm-hmm. I I don't know, but I think I think he did mention that he didn't. But I thought it was okay. Um, yeah. Fans uh, liked it. The fan. I told him, I said, dude, it was over. Like the people liked it. Well, and the thing with uh. Stardust. I think like the
0: fans liked it, but you could tell it, it. It seemed like he was losing the love for the Stardust yeah character, and I think the fans kind of sensed it. And I think after his father passed away, I think that would have been a great time for him to become Cody again. Yeah, I think that's kind of what he wanted to do in WWE. Kind of yeah, and they yeah. put the stop to that. And I think that's part of what fed into him wanting to leave. And eventually, you know, according to what I've read. Asking for a release in, you know, it kind of being a mutual parting of ways. I think they wanted to keep him around, but
1: he was like, you know, uh, no, I'm done. And, and he, I think he lives in Texas, I believe. I think he's in Dallas, somewhere in the Dallas area, I believe. Um, So he's, so he's around too. He's doing a lot of indie shows. I think he's going to be up in New England. I think, I think Waterbury, I think. Okay. I think coming up. I'm not sure when. Uh, Waterbury, Connecticut uh, for Mike O'Brien's company, but, um, so yeah, so that's all, so that's you've all, worked with a
0: lot of people, and, yeah. and
1: they've been you know all pretty much cool. That
0: n- not a lot of jackasses out no, there. No,
1: not at all. But what what else was the Q and A here that you were, you were talking do, about? Do you
0: have uh, any other questions, or do you want to wrap this up? I mean, uh, we're, we're, we're working at a we're about
1: uh, our voices here. We're, we're
0: about here? to hit the three hour mark.
2: Oh, I think uh, the question and answer, maybe one more.
0: All right, yeah, we I mean, can do fuck it, is, uh, why uh, not? I mean, at this, at this point... <laughs> I, I, honestly, I think I'm going to split this podcast
2: in half. Yeah, that sounds and, like a fantastic idea. I think that is a great idea, Cousin Jay. So, yeah. Like
1: a week off, a week or two off, maybe? Yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: Recharge our batteries after yeah. this. Uh, Sean, in your opinion, the greatest wrestler of all time?
1: Oh, that, oh. I don't know. I...
0: No, I don't, know, you... I don't
1: know. I don't I really don't know if I can fairly answer that question because I like so many I I, I want to be honest with you. I don't really follow wrestling anymore. I really don't and I haven't for a long time. Um like I come over here you guys have it on or I will look online to see what's happening. I kind of keep read online just to keep up with what's going on, but I couldn't tell you who Braun Strowman is. I know I sound it sounds silly, but I couldn't tell you who he was. Sure. I couldn't tell you who any of the NXT guys are, except for, ex, with the exception of the ones that I have I mean, you would,
0: with. I, I'm sure you would know, like, Samoa
1: Joe. Right, yeah. Bobby Roode. Uh, Bobby Roode, you know.
0: Guys like that. Guys yeah. who, who actually already have a reputation. A guy like right. Eric Young. Who, Eric
1: Young. Or, you know, yeah. of course, Kevin Owens, Kev, formerly Kevin Steen, or Roderick yeah. Strong, or Austin Aries, or AJ Styles. Like, I know who those guys are. You know guys those guys are. are. But, like, um,
0: the people who are homegrown NXT guys.
1: I, I wouldn't know who they are if I tripped over them. um Kind of
2: like me with Hacksaw Jim Duggan when I thought he was yeah. a janitor at yeah. the BTW wrestling. Exactly, um, but, but that,
1: that, I wish I could answer that question. I, I mean, mean do somebody you, just said that. Somebody just said. Hbk. I he saw. said, "I can agree with that. I can agree he's one of them. I no, don't say I if mean, he's the greatest, but I, I was, a, I was a Shawn Michaels mark back when he was the Midnight when they were the. the oh, it's a uh, girl. I'm sorry, girl. I'm sorry. I had just caught the end of the, the um what had just shown up on the screen, so I, I couldn't really see the name. But, I mean, I, I remember, I apologize, um, but I I, I, I mean, I like Marty, it's Shawn Michaels, when he was at Marty Jannetty, they were the Midnight Rockers in the AWA. Yeah. A very young Shawn Michaels and a very young Marty Jannetty, but. Now, what, what yeah. is kind of
0: your gauge uh, as far as greatest wrestler? Is this in-ring? Is this promo-ability? Is this, you know, all of that stuff?
1: Promo-ability and wrestling, definitely Macho Man.
0: Because, I mean, for me, I think if you're talking promo ability, in ring ability, uh, telling a story in the ring, this, that, and the other thing, I mean, I personally, I think it's flair, because I think, as much as I think HPK is better, was better in the ring than flair, I think flair promo wise was just. Head and shoulders above him. Not that Michaels was terrible. I just think that Flair, I mean, is one of those guys probably top five, top ten talkers of
1: all time.
2: If we're gonna if we're gonna do it by in ring ability and on how they handle themselves on the microphone, then I'm going with Roddy Piper. Roddy I can Piper agree
1: with that. I can agree with that.
2: Roddy Piper yes. is, in my opinion, the greatest when it comes to cutting a promo on the microphone. Wasn't the world's greatest inside the ring. Obviously, you put in my him opinion, in with the right person, he oh, would yeah. have
0: a great match. I mean, honestly, the the him against uh, Greg Valentine that match at Starcade where they had the uh, dog collar. I mean, he busted his drum open, it, but it, it really was like. I mean, there were a lot of things on that card that were like really high profile, but honestly, I think that like uh that Piper know, Valentine match to me stole the show. Uh, and,
2: and the guy in the red is Bobby the Brainless, by the way.
1: <laughs> you, mentioned, you mentioned Valentine and Piper. You mentioned Valentine and Piper when they both got to the WWF. Now I, I may have this story wrong or kind of twisted, but they, um, they uh, every month the WWF would appear at the at the Spectrum in Philadelphia, which the Spectrum's long gone now, unfortunately, because I love that that place is a dump, but I loved it. Um, but. Um, there was a match, and then of course the, the state athletic commissioner J J Benz was at every event. He was a huge mark, he, and of course he had to be there for the athletic commission stuff at the time. But um, they it was Piper and Valentine had a match, and I think they were both heels at the time, so it was it was weird. Right. But then somehow it got booked under the WWF. Then something happened in the match. I don't know if if it wasn't part of the gimmick or what. I'm not sure. But then J J Benz got in the ring and stopped the match. And he said, this shit wasn't supposed to happen, blah, blah, blah. He says, then he says, I'm, I'm ordering a dog collar match next month here at the spectrum. And everybody went ape shit. They loved it. Nice. And because they knew even back then, they still knew like, okay, this is from 1983. And then JJ Benz was the referee. He says, I'm appointing myself the referee. They have the match and they beat the shit out of JJ Benz and whatever. And the the crowd loved it because they didn't like the athletic commissioner. Sure. They they booed him every single month because they didn't like him. But that's how philly fans are they they boo anybody santa yeah um but um but that that was like that was early eighty maybe eighty four eighty five maybe that was somebody's asking about uh a j you know
0: what a j styles honestly for for me right now uh best in the business in the ring and you know coming uh into w w e for me personally I wasn't sure how he would actually translate as to being on the microphone. Cause he had, you know, more or less his character was built off of being like the best in the ring and he really didn't have a chance to shine on the microphone. I thought he was going to get lost in the shuffle in WWE and honestly he has shined on the microphone. He's been, I think, fantastic as a character and obviously his in ring work is second to none. He, he's incredible. He's the, uh, I'm sorry, he is phenomenal.
2: He is definitely the best superstar in the WWE right now.
0: So, yeah, AJ Styles, absolutely awesome. Uh, you ever
1: work with him? No, I've never met him. All right.
0: But, yeah, uh, AJ Styles His you know, you know for, for someone like me, when I heard that he possibly could sign, I really was just, Fearing that he was going to get buried and treated like crap, like so many others who have come in from TNA or uh, back in the day, guys who came from WCW over to WWF. I'm I'm just happy he had a chance to shine and really like they they've given him the ball and he's taken it and he's run with it. They let him beat John Cena clean twice. They've had him win the their most prestigious title the longest. You know, as far as like having a lineage title, uh, AJ Styles is fantastic.
2: And when he came out during the Royal Rumble this year, I marked out. I I usually don't typically mark out to those surprise entrants, even though I probably did it two years in a row because Bubba Ray came out the following year. Or the, the uh, year, I'm sorry, year. the previous year. Um, was really excited about aj styles one of the two guys that i really was a huge fan of in tna him and eric young are the two guys that really stick out to me very happy that he's part of the wwe picture extremely well deserved of being the guy who is the number one champion on either show so i'm happy and i'm glad that he's doing what he's doing so uh after after this uh
0: three plus hour long version of the Effin Marks podcast. Jesus I think Christ. we got we, we gotta wrap this up because uh like I said we, we we kinda have to uh I think we're gonna cut this episode in half. We're gonna do the pre Shawn O stuff and then we're gonna do the post Sean O stuff and kinda post okay. it uh, hey, wait a minute. on our on our page. Uh I don't think we've forgotten everything. I think we're ready to uh uh you know fin finish up, right? Undertaker is coming back in a couple of weeks. We kind of talk, uh, talked about that briefly earlier. Honestly, I think what's going to happen uh, with the uh, Undertaker uh, coming up is I think Undertaker and Kane are going to uh, come back together, and it's going to be Undertaker and Kane uh, versus the Wyatt family.
1: Is she watching?
0: And yeah. I, I, I think the... Wyatt family uh, is going to be with Randy Orton, and it's going to lead to something with Taker, I think, and Orton down the line. I I think that's what's going to happen with Taker.
2: I agree. And on that note, I would like to bring up one more thing that I almost forgot. We haven't forgotten
0: anything. Obviously we
2: haven't because we brought up everything during this conversation. But as usual, just remember, for 16 weeks, we've been bringing up the same thing Over, and over, and over, and over,
0: and over, and over, and over, over again. And we put it over because it's the greatest streak to happen in the last two years. I'm going
2: to put you on on point right here. I doubt you're going to get it, but you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. Do you know what happened that has lasted for 650 days and counting that we bring up every single week?
1: You lost me on that. Honestly, something happens, to, I'm still something that happened Something that happened
2: 650 so. days ago. I swear to God. Everybody is calling you. You, are, a, I, I, you are. I must an be a celebrity right now. I guess so. 650 days ago was the 2015 Royal Rumble. Yep. And there was one in one superstar in particular that was supposed to enter that Royal Rumble and never did. So, but never got eliminated. But never got eliminated. Oh, so he's uh, still active. Uh,
1: Curtis Axel.
2: Boom. That Curtis right. Axel. Yes, yes. Six hundred
0: and fifty days ago,
2: entered the Royal The 2015 Royal Rumble,
0: and Curtis Axel today is still in the 2015 Royal, Royal Rumble. Rumble, and should headline WrestleMania this year because anybody who ends up in the Royal Rumble for that long, damn it, they deserve
1: They've it. They've wasted that guy. I really think so. I,
0: I, I think I, with I the I really act-
1: think so. They've wasted that guy. They've wasted that time. I'm sorry. I, I, I was a big Kurt Henning mark, Mr. Perfect Mark, and I'm not saying that just because it's his kid, but I think that he, he should have had more of a push, I think.
0: I think part of the problem with him is when he came in, you know, he came in and was, they didn't give him a lot of mic time, you know, they put him with uh, Paul Heyman, which was good, have him with a guy who's good on the stick, but, you know, it didn't help build his character, and, you know, now when they have him kind of do these funny gimmicks, you're like going, alright, this is fun little character stuff, they didn't give him enough. Now that he has enough, and I think he's actually doing a really good job with it, it sucks that he's kind of relegated to comedy stuff, Yeah, but he's much more talented than that. I mean, they used Curtis Axel to not only prepare The Rock for coming back at WrestleMania against Cena, but they used Curtis Axel to get Brock Lesnar used to getting back into the ring again. Right. So if you have that much faith in him and the guys that he was helping prepare...
1: Love him and love that he prepared them. They I mean, that's his role at the company, I guess. That's his role, and
2: he's an advancement talent.
1: Yeah, he had this role in the company. I guess it's just like the bench warmer on a basketball team. Like they, they, they don't start, but they can put him in and make that one great play to win the game. I guess that's yeah. You know, I guess that's just his role. You know,
0: so six hundred and fifty days later, Curtis Axel, and six hundred
2: and fifty hours later.
0: Yeah. Our podcast is coming to an end.
2: And on that note, thanks for tuning in. I, I'm sorry that it was as long as it was. As always, I, I'm I am not
0: going to apologize for having it be as long as it was. I think a lot of people enjoyed this. Jimmy joining in. Uh, the girl who Sean thought was a guy joining in. <laughs> and a bunch of other people joining in. I think we're going to have pretty good numbers here. I think a lot of people enjoyed it. I think us going as long as we did, uh, I think brought in you know a few people that probably had not seen us before so So, thanks for joining in and uh we will see you next time we're we're, sorry 1971 nhc uh we're we're wrapping up right now uh
2: wrap it up b uh
0: we're going to post this podcast uh probably tomorrow or at least part of this podcast tomorrow so definitely listen in to uh, what we recorded today and
1: catch you later
2: um as always i'm bobby the brainless i'm ja rule
1: Big Time Wrestling, November 18th, Altoona, Pennsylvania. Black Friday, Johnson City, Tennessee. And the night after that, Lawndale, North Carolina, btwpro.com.
2: And with all that said, thanks for listening.